of that for some reason on the sports stream uh, later tonight, which you can access off of WCBN.org. So for everybody in studio, I'm Rob Salomon saying from Ann Arbor, good night. This is WCBN Sports, your place to hear the best and brightest minds in all of college football. Like Brian Cook. Tate Forcier, yes. Uh, quarterback commit from uh, California. Younger brother, of course, Jason Forcier, who by all rights should be the starting quarterback this year. Kind of a shortish guy. Um, six foot maybe, six one maybe. Um, it's really hard to make any comparisons based on highlight video, but the guy he reminded me of when I watched his was uh, Drew Tate. And Terry Bowden, former head coach of the Auburn Tigers and current analyst for Westwood One. Terry, who wins more games this year, your dad or your brother? Oh, Tommy should. Tommy's got an outstanding team. My brother Tommy has a dark horse team. They should win the ACC, and they've got a chance to run the table. My dad's probably, if he could get nine wins, it would get him in the right way. So, you know, I, I pulled for my dad. i got to pull for the old man. But Tommy's got the best team this year. Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And returning after a week's absence, I'm Jim Dwyer. And a cataclysmic week it was. Boy, oh boy. Who knows what's going on? Uh, I have some rough ideas, uh, and I'm not going to give listeners out there the... uh, the mainstream view on these things. Um... Basically, we have got an, e- an economic cataclysm occurring here. This is global in nature, and uh, this is much worse in many ways than the media is even making it out to be. I'm going to start out giving George Bush a brain damage award. He came out, I believe, on Wednesday, gave a two-minute statement, didn't take any questions, and disappeared back into the White House, uh, probably picnicking with Dick Cheney at an undisclosed location somewhere in Washington, D.C. Although Dick Cheney's been to Georgia lately, and not the devil went down to Georgia, but yeah, the other Georgia. The other Georgia, the one that Sarah Palin wants to go to war over. Uh, this requires economic leadership, and George Bush, who is an expert at bailing out of responsibility, uh, given his incredibly inactive active guard national guard service back in the uh, 70s when she didn't show up for physicals and yet miraculously was able to run television ads in the 2004 campaign questioning john Kerry's medals um was sort of like i mean it was like groundhog day he went outside saw his shadow and declared that there's six more weeks of the presidential campaign left and, of course, this shadow that, that uh, he saw is the shadow of Iraq, Afghanistan, which uh, we saw catastrophic events in Pakistan just the other day. Indeed. In fact, uh, late reports I heard today was that uh, these, these bombers almost actually killed the uh, leadership of the Pakistani government. Um, cross-border incursions and whatnot. Yet, of course, the, quote, surge is going on splendidly well, according to John McCain. Groundhog Day. I mean, it's like he declared six more weeks of his presidency and disappeared into the nether world. So, in honor of Bill Murray, it's time to smoke him out of his hole. 
<laughs> um, it's time for the media to smoke Bush out of his hole. Uh, he hasn't made any national addresses. We've seen literally in the last 10 days massive bailouts announced by the Federal Reserve and the Treasury Department. Taking over AIG, the largest insurance company in the world, in which you're against socialism to the rescue in times of economic loss. Now, they have an equity stake in AIG that's important, but according to one expert, quote, the Fed had to bail out AIG or, quote, or a risk of a potential financial catastrophe of unknown proportions would occur. So they've done so. AIG, by the way, is essentially an insurance company, and it's not regulated. (laughs) Um, We've had the disappearance of investment banking. A couple weeks ago, I had a kid in the cab talking about one of his friends in New York that was making six figures in investment banking. And I said to him, Riley, because I had just read about the the problems with... uh, two firms that essentially went bankrupt that weekend. Mm-hmm. That there's no future in investment banking, lad. <laughs> you, you better go back to farming. Uh, you know, you may as well transfer to Michigan State and get a degree in agricultural, agricultural science or animal husbandry. At least you'll have a job. Something that actually does something useful for human beings. Um, so the ultimate question is, who insures the insurer? Uh, We have had, in the last week, just massive quantities of cash flowing around the globe in which banks that are all essentially on paper bankrupt uh, because they hold these mortgages, the American mortgage crisis. I read this data last week of the houses sold in the last year. Something like 29% of them were sold at losses. Almost... Half of the rest of them are already negative equity, which means that the borrowers owe more money than the homes are worth. Mm. There has got to be a complete revaluation of pricing in this country, and I would argue that house prices logically have to go back to where they were before George Bush took office, because wages in America are at that point. We have rising unemployment. Uh, Just on Friday, New York City... The city of New York, and this is before the events of this weekend, announced just a month ago in, in uh, July that un- the unemployment rate in New York City went up to 5.8% due to the fact that 5,200 private sector jobs were eliminated in the financial sector. We haven't even started to see job restructuring there. And then on Friday, the stock market goes up. It went way down today. We had just all sorts of amazing things happen today. The dollar, biggest decline since 2001. Oil prices, the biggest increase ever. That, by the way, is related to short selling and contracts expiring. It's too complicated to get into. But, I mean, this is what's going on in this country. And George Bush is still burrowed in his hole somewhere in the White House, hoping that Hank Paulson... And Ben uh, Bernanke can somehow concoct a plan uh, out of Congress within a week. Now, this is all nonsensical. We, we don't, this should not happen. Uh, the, the, the Democrats and the Republicans should actually take their time uh, coming up with a plan. 
We don't know any of the details of the plan. The, 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 the two parties have completely different concepts of what the plan should consist of. But Paulson wants to borrow $700 billion. And by the way, that's roughly the figure that we've talked about on Gray Matters. Um, I noted over the past year, the financial sector in America has written off $382 billion. And that's still not enough. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, fortunately, there is an end to George Bush's presidency, but uh, whoever takes over is inheriting uh, a time bomb. Well, it's a nightmare scenario, and if you look back at you know past presidential campaigns, of course, Ronald Reagan made great truck out of the use. Are you better off now than you were four years ago? Um, if you look at where we were eight years ago, four years ago, Things were shaky, things were bad, but <clears throat> this is just plain confusing. I yeah. mean, the average person really doesn't know what's going on. I don't have any grasp of these uh, financial matters, um, but the sense of panic that's coming out of the financial industry, the banking industry, and so forth is contagious. I mean, there's been... Uh, uh, Britain, of course, is uh, suffering a serious uh, ec economic setbacks as well. There's been uh, line lineups for banks there, and uh, while we we certainly haven't seen anything like that, the idea that the average person who works hard at a job and who earns a paycheck and who has to budget their uh, limited resources and uh, tries to make the best decisions they can to help their families. That's all practical and simple enough. But when you get people who are involved in the speculation and the mm -hmm. trading of futures, this is just plain, flat-out gambling. It's, it's gambling. just sheer gambling. Mm -hmm. And when you stop and think that the Republicans wanted to put Social Security on the stock market, yeah. hello, <laughs> this is what would happen. This you know, is a system that you know the, the Republicans used to make a lot of... Uh, vitriolic attacks on Franklin Delano Roosevelt as a, for being a socialist. If anything, uh, Roosevelt saved capitalism in this country by sort of putting a, a friendly face on it. And well, and, re and restructuring the entire banking system that was in complete collapse. And, and I that's what we're going to need to do again. Yeah, and I heard an expert, a financial expert named Richard Vogel, who runs uh, a, a mutual fund, a very reputable mutual fund called Vanguard, very conservative in his style. He was quoted on the BBC as saying that this recent speculative bubble that's been occurring is twice as speculative as the bubble that preceded the Great Depression. Because, of course, the Great Depression, the problem then was that people were borrowing money on margin mm. to buy stocks. This is part of the short story, uh, the you know, short selling that, that's occurring again. There's no capital backing up the system, and the system has become a series of unbelievably complicated and arcane IOUs. Now, it's fascinating, for instance, to read an article from the 23rd of May about this mysterious figure that comes out daily in London, jolly old England, where they have a thing called LIBOR. And LIBOR is the interbank London rate of exchange in which banks in London 
16 of them are polled on a daily basis to decide what the daily interest rate will be. <laughs> this is how the financial system globally works. Fascinating to read. And uh, I hope people are sitting down here. It says the association is, and this is an article about manipulating the rates. It says each morning, and I'm going to quote the a uh, couple of paragraphs because I think it's very significant. Julia Word de Gier, and I, I'm guessing she's French, writes each morning in London, a handful of banks quietly decide how much it costs to borrow money all over the world. But now a troubling question is swirling around this elite banking group. Have some of its members been lying about one of the most important interest rates? The association is trying to determine whether some of the 16 banks that it polls each day to set LIBOR, which I just mentioned is the London Interbank mm -hmm. rate, and, quote, affects the rates banks charge on things like home mortgages, student loans, and corporate IOUs, that's called corporate paper for people that are learning a new vocabulary this week, or commercial paper. Um, the association is trying to determine whether some of the 16 banks that it polls each day to set LIBOR provided false or misleading rates. If that is the case, the repercussions could be enormous. LIBOR is currently used to price more than $360 trillion dollars of financial products globally. Whoa. Now, that's a big difference between $700 billion. Um, and to quote one expert, some analysts now say that uh, this has enabled banks to manipulate LIBOR to their advantage. Analysts and industry professionals said that some banks quoted lower rates to allay concerns about their finances or reduce their borrowing costs during times of financial stress. Quotes from all of the banks are published on the association's website. This has been working for the last 22 years. Hmm. Sounds like it was something that came up during the conservative era of Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan. That would time out right. When the credit market uh, seized up last August, many banks concerned about their own financial positions were no longer willing to lend money to one another. Hmm. That's exactly when the public began becoming aware of this problem. As a result, LIBOR shot up even as central banks like the Federal Reserve... We're trying to drive down borrowing costs. Quoting an expert, there are definitely incentives for the bank to push the rate lower. They would get the rate down while still charging their customers more. If banks did manipulate LIBOR, this would mean that rates substantially charged on thousands of financial contracts were artificially low. Well, the point is that this arcane interest rate structure that our system of, quote, capitalism has, and by the way... Karl Marx is back. Milton Friedman. See you later, dude. Um, your history. In my book, I mean, the, the so-called bastion of global capitalism has just bailed out uh, several uh, investment banks that have unknown liabilities. Uh, and it's bizarre how they're called assets. This is just another... The collections of liabilities yeah. are called assets. In right? other words, an asset on the books is, for instance, a bank that's collecting mortgage payments. But when 8 to 9% of mortgage payments, as they are in America, are either in default or 
shall we say, non-performing loans, mm. that's problematic. That's what's going on. And when you read that Paul Krugman noted that 22 million houses have been bought in the United States between, 19, uh, between 2005 and 2007, um, you, you got to begin to shake your head. I'll throw out another number that I happen to know because I love following uh, this stuff from a sort of critical left-wing perspective, almost a downright Marxist perspective, because Karl Marx is back. Capital, the book, is back. Milton Friedman, throw that thing in the ash bin, and supply-side economics. I don't think we need any more empirical evidence that Ronald Reagan, George Bush II, have driven America's economy into the, well, the sewer. <laughs> That's where it's at. We're, uh, and how the government is going to then in, in deal with the $53 trillion of known um, future liabilities regarding Medicare and Social Security is incomprehensible to me. Because these idiots that have been running this country, i.e. the GOP, they've been in control of the presidency. They've controlled Congress for 12 years during this period. Uh, even while Clinton was president. Uh, and they were up to all sorts of mischief, by the way. This deregulation bill that mm. Clinton allegedly signed. I don't know if he actually signed it. This was passed in the dead of night during a lame section of Congress in late December after the Supreme Court, by a five-to-four margin, decided that we weren't going to count the results from Florida and that George Bush had been named president. Ugh. It's enough to make your head spin. And I'm going to bring this up just because I, th I find this uh, fascinating and then I know that I've monopolized too much time here because um, I have some other brain damage awards. Apparently, John McCain is confused about where Spain is. So it's just incomprehensible to me. But, uh, you know, I read an interesting article about the, 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 the automobiles. We know that automobiles and the auto industry is just in the tank. Sales are coming down 25, 30 percent every month. This is even happening at the Japanese car companies. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? The data from 2007 points out that nearly 2 million of the new cars that were purchased in 2007 were used by home equity loans. And that, you know, they show some states, California. 30% of the cars. Florida, 20%. Illinois, 15%. New Jersey, 15%. New York, 14%. Michigan, 10%. Georgia, 9%. Ohio, 9%. Pennsylvania, 85 Texas, 6.5%. Nationwide, 12%. This is staggering. These are the exact... In other words, people have taken out equity out of their house borrowed money off the, quote, value of their house that's now declined to borrow money to buy a car, which is, quote, an asset that's declining in value. <laughs> so you get an idea of the contagion that, that is involved here. I mean, I am giving Paulson a little bit of credit, but let's remember one important thing about Hank Paulson. He ran Goldman Sachs before he became Treasury Secretary. Mm. He set up these... Complica and Goldman Sachs, by the way, is the only one that's solvent. The rest of these companies are history. I mean, I'd, Morgan Stanley, uh, some Japanese bank bought 20% of that today. Thank goodness. Who's got the money in, in the world? The Arab states, the Gulf states. They've got petrodollars. China. 
Even Russia. Even Russia, although the oligarchs have, unfortunately, most of the money in Russia. They're not going to bail us out. We're talking about going to war against them. And then Japan. But Japan is an older country, stodgy, very conservative banking. And there are just ghastly reports about Asia fleeing the United States. They're mm -hmm. not pumping money into the United States anymore. The, Arab, the Arabs in general have... They're done with that. They've been floating this house of cards for the last five years, and they've diversified their spending, their, you know, these sovereign wealth funds. So you're going to need a vocabulary, a dictionary. You're going to need to write down words because the, the, the people that do economic analysis just won't call a spade a spade. You know, uh, a debt is called leverage. I don't know about you, but I thought leverage is when you're trying to pry something up. <laughs> yeah, pry, pry your car that's in the ditch that's been driven by Ronald Reagan and George Bush into the ditch. Out of the ditch! That's leverage, not debt. Well, uh, maybe you're right. Maybe uh, people need to go out and get themselves a copy of Das Kapital. Yeah, and, and put your money in, in insured banks. FDIC. Uh, when you put money in a bank, um, not an investment bank, not a hedge fund, not a mutual fund, which is, by the way, at the heart of this new crisis that, you know, on Wednesday there was a run on, on uh, the, the, the money market funds hmm. that are uninsured, uh, many of them. They're insured up to a certain level, but this, these are the, the uh, financial instruments or the financial products that Wall Street has come up with to help out the wealthy people in America manage your money and they do this under the rubric of risk management yeah it's all risk and it's no management um there was a run by the way on these mutual funds on wednesday um i think i heard statistically that there's roughly three trillion dollars of money in these uh mutual mar money market funds and people tried to take out Something like $180 billion, or about 3% of the total, according to one expert. Now, why would they be doing that? Well, they're probably hedge fund people that have to cover other bets mm. that are losing money that are spinning out of control. And Paulson, bless his soul, has come out with these announcements that they're going to... <clears throat> there's going to be a, quote, bailout, though the complete plan is completely up in the air... And the two parties have completely different concepts of what's, what's going on. We have one presidential candidate that thinks Latin America is somehow connected to Spain because they speak Spanish. And, of course, Spain rhymes with McCain that rhymes with John Thane, former head of the SEC, head of Merrill Lynch, um, monetary Lynch, that's now been bought up by Bank of America. It's incredible stuff, that, you know, at an incredible loss. And this is after Merrill Lynch had written down, oh, some staggering, you know, $70 billion of it in assets or something. Well, it's also bizarre to think that in a week where you had uh, a bombing attack on the U.S. Embassy in Yemen. Yeah. Pretty major and very reminiscent of the Al-Qaeda style of attack where there's simultaneous bombs at different parts of the cities. There's a car bomb. There are shooters involved. Um, 
you know, this is a front page story, but uh, with the financial disarray that uh, every day seems to get more nightmarish, uh, this just gets blown off the front page. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, as you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the program, the Marriott Hotel in uh, Islamabad is... Uh, Heavily bombed, 53 killed, 266 injured. I'm sure the number of dead has gone up on that. And this is just around the corner from uh, where uh, President Zadari is. And, uh, and of course, it's a symbol of, of Western capitalism. It's a, you know, Al-Qaeda, and I'm, I'm not convinced that this is actually Al-Qaeda behind uh, Pakistan, but the Yemen thing, I think, is clearly Al-Qaeda. Yeah, I think that one has the hallmarks of an Al-Qaeda attack. The, the fact is, is that whether Al-Qaeda is involved in the Pakistani Marriott bombing yeah. or not, we've got a country that had problems, but the rippling effect of destabilization that the Iraq invasion has sent throughout the entire region is astonishing. We're told now that Afghanistan... And incidentally, just real quickly, the Pakistan capital uh, capital markets, the stock market in Pakistan's come down like 50 or 60 percent this year. I mean, that would be the yeah. equivalent of the Dow Jones Industrial going from where it was uh, 14 days ago, you know, 1,200 down to 600. You don't, you don't think that would cause some panic in the United States of America? Absolutely. Well, the uh, Afghanistan campaign, we're told that the surge is doing swimmingly well in Iraq. However, in Afghanistan, uh, the violence is at the highest level since the 2001 invasion. And uh, we're told by uh, Robert Gates, U.S. Defense Secretary, and the uh, Joint Chief of Staff uh, Chair Mullen, Admiral Mullen, that we're not winning the fight in Afghanistan. Well... Surprise, surprise. Uh, and, of course, there's this nebulous region. Uh, as I've said so many times, that Afghanistan's a country by default, and the border that it shares with Pakistan is permeable as all get out. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's been an increasing number of attacks by the U.S. on Pakistan in that border region, which have, of course, led to an outcry, putting the president, uh, Zadari, in an impossible situation here. Uh, is he going to support U.S. attacks on his own country? Well, and, and the, politically the, implausible. the group that declared uh, responsibility for the Pakistan bombing actually uh, listed that as a specific grievance today. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the minister of fear can uh, figure out how to get out of that groundhog hole to scare us. Again, uh, into uh, why John McCain will keep us safe when he doesn't even know where Spain is. Well, and, and it is totally at, at odds with the prime minister of Spain, Zapatero, is actually been, you know, despite being a, quote, socialist, uh, very cooperative. Indeed. On the so-called war on terror for good reason. I mean, Madrid had a horrific bombing. Train bombings of some years back. That uh, coincided with the magic numbers of 11 and 7. Always look for big Al-Qaeda events on 7s and 11s. Uh, that's just cooked into the cards for a variety of reasons. Well, as far as the bombing in uh, Yemen is concerned, the White House statement says, this attack is a reminder of the continuing threat we face from violent extremists, both at home and abroad. Well, I'm not sure about the at-home part, but the abroad part is all directly related to the Bush administration's policies in the region. Martin Sobel. He's uh, alive and well, <laughs> living in New York. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, this picture of Bush at his ever-so-brief uh, appearance before the media uh, the other day outside the White House. 
He looks confused, befuddled, and uh, never equal to the task. Um, you, you can be sure that on a human level, he'd like nothing more than to just crawl into a box and hide. For well, the remainder of his term. Yeah, and logically, they should almost remove him from office right now. Uh, except, of course, it would put Dick Cheney in charge. He's been in charge for the last six years anyway. De facto, right? Maybe you could get a two-for-one special down at your uh, financial institution. They seem to be selling uh, assets at uh, that sort of discount. Um, <laughs> who knows? Um, I heard one uh, manager on Wall Street call it uh, the... I, don't, I, I neglected to bring this one in, but I just thought it was a hilarious wow. quote where it was, Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> blood on the streets, and yeah. then he goes, rinse and repeat. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's a perfect description of it. It's, there's, uh, it, it's just staggering to contemplate, and it is hard to figure out because there is this strange new vocabulary. Um, well, and it's no accident that it's hard to figure out yeah. because the language the evasive nature of the entire machinery of the banking institute is is basically designed to befuddle the average person who's not expected to dabble in that realm yeah and and just for the record to confirm this withdrawal of money from america over recent months while mccain and george bush and even hank paulson have been telling us that the fundamentals are sound this is a little-noticed uh, data released by the Treasury Department on Tuesday, this is of last week, reported that a sharp shift in international capital movements began in July. Private equity investors, or excuse me, private investors pulled a net of $92.9 billion out of the United States in July after putting $46.8 billion into American securities in June. And by the way, that was in, in direct uh, response to rising oil prices um, and questionable um, financial institutes and whatnot. And yet, just two weeks ago, the government came out with this miraculous number of uh, growth in the second quarter of 3.3%. I don't know where they're getting this number from. It's, it's invented. <laughs> Maybe uh, some terrarium growth on the uh, Oval Office windowsill. A little garden in a jar. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We're uh, still running here on Gray Matters. Yazoo City Calling will commence eventually. Um, a lot of other things kind of getting lost in the uh, confusion here uh, of all this economic uh, bad news. Uh, I look forward to hearing more about the Congressional, the U.S. Congressional Committee investigating the Royal of Oil Companies and the ethics scandal in the Interior Department. Oh, yeah. This looks really ripe with bizarreness. There's all sorts of uh, allegations of uh, sexual misbehavior, a heavy drug use. Um, these oil companies are involved in these, uh, including Shell, Chevron, and something called Gary Williams Energy, which sounds like a private party. I'm ready to go. I'm Gary Williams. I'm ready to party. Uh, apparently, all sorts of sex and drug parties have mm -hmm. been going on in the uh, interior department. Interior department. So responsible for um, controlling leases and royalties on leases. Uh, with respect to what the government collects from the oil companies. But, of course, if you're going to have an orgy, you may as well bring some oil to the party. <laughs> oh, whoops, wrong kind of oil. 
Yeah, and uh, you don't want to think too much about the drilling implications there. Uh, if you heard Ed Special's show last week, particularly. No, no. Sarah Palin will take care of the drilling for uh, America. Drill, baby, drill. That's right. Oh, well, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor.